Good evening, everybody. Welcome back to The Climb, the StarCraft II podcast focused on the Below Masters Blue Collar Leagues. I am your host, Will, a.k.a. Lord Cranial. Hello, my name is Dan. I go by Captain Hoppa. Each episode, we will dive into the ups and downs of the Diamond Ladder experience while searching for the secrets to get good. Yep, we're just two normal players striving to reach that next rung of the ladder, sometimes getting a little bit frustrated when we fall down a couple, but we'll talk about that a little bit more later. Yes, and today's topic will be about dealing with the tilt, dealing with that pressure, uh, and how this can affect your ladder performance. But before we dive into that, I have to say this to you, Will. How's the ladder going? I, I I don't know, man. I, I don't know. I have no freaking clue what is going on with my ladder sessions. I'm so confused. I have felt like things just feel off, and yet I climbed almost back to 3.7K. Mm. So I, I don't know. So that's normal. I've had that feeling many times before. Uh, do you feel like people are just doing a bunch of weird, goofy things versus you or something? Or, yes. Or, or how? Yeah. Yes. Just yes. <laughs> I think, don't worry. I think you said that in my chat the other day, so I kind of already knew the, the answer to that. But um, tell me about it. How's it going? Yeah. So like every once in a while now, I play like a couple of games of Unranked just to get warmed up. Um. And, you know, I would lose to, like, 3.2K players. Like, they would do some weird all-in, and I would just, you know, outright lose to it. It's, it's it's kind of disheartening, but, you know, I would go play in, like, a tournament or something. I would beat, like, a 4K player. Uh, recently, I was in Pika Pals tournament. I beat a 4K Zerg 2-0, and I technically lost to a 4.1K Protoss, but not before taking a game off of him. So... It's it's weird though. It's like it's so bizarre, and like I know that MMR is not necessarily the best thing to measure yourself by, but it feels so weird to like have this massive range <laughs> that you can play against and you can lose significantly below yourself or win significantly higher, which has me feeling like really weird and conflicted right now. Yeah, I mean, I think the I think the competition wins always kind of feel like a little more significant and meaningful especially if it's like a series right like you know being on the ladder it's always a best of one right and there's a million things that can go wrong in one game and sometimes it's just it doesn't have the same weight so like it's always nice when you have a good competition win too because you can like put your heart on that and be like yeah that that still happened you know like that that sustains me for a while when i get those you know yeah but it's also like well, a lot of the time, for at least for this tournament, I did some like meticulous planning on what I was going to do, and that did that did net me some wins. Um, but versus you know, random Joe Schmo on the ladder, like you get one chance, and you don't know what this person is going to do at our at our league. Like usually, we don't face the same opponent time and time and time again. Like once you start getting up into like. I think it's as Masters 1, you start hitting the same people constantly. And probably even as low as Masters 2 is when you're going to start to like notice stuff like that. But, you know, every, like every time I hop into ladders, it's a really high chance it's going to be a new opponent, somebody I have not faced before, and I don't know what to expect. So I, I'm feeling a little bit weird about that. You know, 
I'm sure we talked about this during the tournament episode, but it's really, it really is nice to be able to kind of plan these things out, know what your opponent might do, what they're comfortable with, and then playing off of that. So have you like changed anything yourself, like as far as your approach or the builds or anything you're, you're testing out or anything like that? I've actually been testing out more builds on ladder recently. Like previously, I just kind of stuck with one build per matchup just because like it's a safe build. I can usually bat away any kind of aggression or macro up as hard as I need to with those builds. But recently, especially in like TVP, I've been experimenting with newer builds. Like I've been three raxing um, some people on specific maps or like with uh, TVZ, I'll throw in something new every once in a while. But speaking of TVZ, like I, it's hard to experiment when I like I just don't know what's going on anymore. I I'm almost scared to go into a TVZ because I I, I don't know. I had um I actually lost a game recently where uh, an opponent went pool first, so I decided okay, well we're gonna just deal with we're gonna deal with that. We're gonna build on the high ground. It's fine. Um, I managed to scout the Roach Warren, which went down at two twelve, which after that game, I realized it's technically late and I'm safe to build on the low ground. But I thought, oh, that's a Roach Warren. He's going to come attack me soon. I need to continue staying on the high ground. So I just kind of fell behind macro-wise. And I don't think opponent ever actually made Roaches during that game. I think it was just Ling Bane. So I'm just like, I'm so confused. Yeah, no, I, I think that's that's also a pretty common diamond thing, I feel like, where you react too much to things or like you you see one thing and you extrapolate three or four steps down the line but like i don't know i don't know how to deal with that a lot of the times because i do think it is good to have reactions to things especially things that that straight up kill you a lot of the times but i've definitely made that mistake too where it's like you read into something way too much than you need to and in reality it's just like oh he just killed a drone and wasted 150 150 minerals like that's it that's all he did but the it's enough to spook you and uh yeah there there's this weird like happy medium that you're supposed to strike at least in i i feel like at least in diamond league where like you can't overread into what an opponent is doing or you're going to trip yourself up like you just are you're going to you know you're going to build the wrong tech you're going to stay on two bases for far too long you're going to make you know you're going to over drone and then suddenly you're dead. But then again, it's not like you can't react to what opponents doing at all because what they could be doing is going, could kill you. Like it, it could just straight up kill you. So you have to react to some things, but like not overreact to those things or you die. Yeah. And I definitely think that, um, there, there are many ways that you can misread things, but I think misreading things is a really important step to learning appropriate responses because you said it yourself too when you started you were like it is late but i thought it was early you know like and i i think that also comes with experience as you get more familiar with the the real timings and you know these really concrete things that that make more sense when you have the uh the wisdom you know to sort that out and uh you know i've certainly overreacted or underreacted to things and have lost but but you it's a learning it's a big learning experience usually you know yeah i mean speaking of that it, you know trying to learn and you know have better game sense mine's is like based on what i've been seeing on the ladder recently like my either my game sense is off or 
you know, it actually it's probably just my game sense is off. Honestly, I, uh, like I been over, over reading a bunch of stuff and, you know, trying to do things that, you know, are just putting myself behind, which it, it kind of sucks, but it, like you said, it is a learning experience. And as I see more weird stuff, I'm going to start realizing like, oh, there's a window here. I can kill them. Or, wow, this could be potentially be dangerous. I need to be cautious of it, but continue on with my plan if I can. Yeah. And, uh, you know, as you get more experience, the, the ability to have confidence in those situations, because honestly, I think most of those situations are from a lack of confidence and being like, uh, I think he's doing this or uh, this looks like this. And uh, but but again, there's other situations where I scout something and I'm like, oh, yeah, we're going to keep holding down the drone key. We're going to take another get like I already have these steps. And it's also like a very relaxed like sequence of steps for me to enact this plan. But that's because, you know, I've spent a lot of like dedicated practice versus adept builds or something like that. You know, like I know I know the lay of the land in those, but uh, you know, it's it's always a challenge. And ladder opponents, who knows? Who knows what they're gonna do? And you know, half the time you look at it and you're like, I'm pretty sure this guy was making it up and <laughs> Yeah, there there's sometimes whenever you see those things and you start to panic and just like, Oh god, what could this be? And you, you trip up over yourself. But on the other end of the screen, it's really opponent just like, Oh, I made a Templar archives way too early. Yeah, and, and uh, I don't know. I think Diamond is the perfect storm of that kind of thing on both sides, right? Where one person's trying to react and the other person's trying to really execute a build, but either player can mess up mess up equally and they can equally have negative effects on each side, you know? Yeah, the funny thing is, is that like I've had Masters friends tell me that the weirdness doesn't really go away once you hit Masters. It just becomes more precise and more deadly, which... I feel like that that's definitely true based on stuff I've seen, even in like up a tree stream or um, who is another person that I watch in masters. I mean, if you watch any like neuro sometimes sees a bunch of weird stuff on ladder, you, you know, it, it's, it, it does not end with diamonds. It, it doesn't. And if anything, this is a perfect place to start to learn like, Oh, there's some real bullshit out there. I have got to learn what is and what isn't threatening. Yeah, and, and honestly, I think overreacting to things is not necessarily the worst mistake you can make because it is something, because I, I do this a lot too, where it's like a lot of my goals when I practice are focused on myself and not at all focused on my opponent, but there are times when I need to be like, no, no, I have to I have to know these things before I commit to what I'm doing um, because I have a tendency to just ignore it and keep going, which, I mean, it can work and it can also not work but it's kind of a risk I take, but, but having a more like extrinsic focus towards your opponent is, is just going to force you to learn different things, you know? Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, just kind of continuing on with my ladder experience. I've been having like these weird ups and downs too. Like yesterday I started off like close to, um, 3.7, which it'll, it'll be the first time I've been 3.7 in a while, but you know, I went one in like one in seven, last night and I was you know I was feeling a little bit irritated with that and I mean you know you're going to drop down MMR it's like that's just part of growing in Starcraft 2 but the real frustrating thing is that I've also had like these 
insane nights where I just like crush people. And it, I'm used to it kind of being uh, like a curve over time. Like I'll have several nights in a row where I'm just wrecking people and then I'll have several nights in a row where I'm just losing. But recently it's just been like, it's been alternating every night and it's just like, I, I don't know. It's, it's weird. It's just weird. Yeah. I mean, ob obtaining that consistency, I think is always, always a challenge. Um, it, this is also just, I don't know how, what this has to do with it, but I've noticed myself, like when I play Terrans who are a higher MMR than me, I, I feel it, you know, like, <laughs> Like it's very different because when I play Zergs or Protosses who are higher than me, it I do notice it, but I don't notice it in the same way I notice it for Terran, because I feel like Terran is so rigid in some of the production and so rigid in some of the build orders that like if a Terran is higher ranked than me, they will just always be ready and always be prepared, either unit wise or position wise or you know even just tech wise. Like it's just it's it's pretty incredible and um. I always have to admire it. Yes, I I kind of feel the same way with uh, uh or like at least against Zerg because they just seem to have way more units than I'm used to at any given time. I kind of feel the same way with Protoss because uh you know like a Diamond One Protoss is all in is way 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 scarier than like a Diamond Three Protoss is all in. But it's definitely more noticeable with Zerg whenever I start to like climb up the ladder and face harder Zergs. Yeah. Um, any particular matchup things you wanted to throw in there or it's just been weirdness on everybody? So it's really just been TVZ that I've been struggling with a lot, um, which is it's it's again weird to say just because that used to be like the matchup that I felt the most comfortable in. But um, the strategies recently have been just incredibly varied and I'm never sure what I'm going to face on ladder. I had an opponent last night go sh literally straight to 90 drones. Like I'm not, I'm not even kidding. Uh, they went straight to 90 drones. I, I didn't punish it correctly because my one, one timing was like a minute late because I wasn't sure what they were doing. Then, you know, like the next TVZ that I played, it was like a 45 minute Roach Ravager all in. So yeah, I'm just like, it's more of a game sense thing. And then just like, solidifying in my mind how to deal with like all of these varied strategies um because it, it's hard for me to kind of flip on a switch like because i there's a game that i want to play there's a very specific way that i want to play tvz and it's hard for me to flip that switch and be like okay i can't play that game we're going to go for a 2-2 all in yeah and uh it's this this is something that I try to do when I'm on the ladder and I have no idea what they're doing is I you know I try to like classify my ladder opponents into certain flavors and certain boxes because it really just helps me know like what their the gist is of how they want to play right and like the 90 drone guy is a very specific it's a very specific choice and it's a very like high risk high reward kind of choice too because if he gets away with it uh, good luck, like, you know, like, good, good luck getting anything done. But at the same time, he is vulnerable for, you know, a decent amount of time, because uh, he has like three queens or something like that, you know, like, but it's really hard to do that in the moment. And it's something that I always try to glean from the replay, especially if I'm so surprised by like, the specific choices on how they got there. I'm like, how, like, this, this didn't make sense. But how can I like, 
how can I describe my ladder opponent in like a quick summary way that allows me to still um, play the game in the way that I kind of wish to, right? And sometimes you can't, and sometimes you can. And a lot of times I'll look at things and be like, oh, he did this. So like, I could have done the same thing I was doing. I just needed to, you know, hit earlier or like, I just needed to hit later. Um, so I'm still trying to use my own style because it's what I'm comfortable with and it's the easiest for me to adjust, right? I think I think sometimes the challenge is like, uh, like this is a Twitch chat thing, but it's like, oh yeah, just do this completely different style that you never practice <laughs> and you never make the units for. And it's like, no, I think we can just tweak the, the things I'm already doing because it, it, I can achieve the same results, you know? Yeah, there is this... Um... I, I've definitely experienced the Twitch chat thing where it's just like, oh, well, you should have just gone double starport Viking in this instance. And I'm like, oh, well, I didn't. I went ghost because I wanted ghost. And I mean, like, sometimes it does have some credence. Sometimes, you know, a Protoss will go into carriers. You don't know it. And suddenly you're kind of in this, like, long, drawn-out game. Like, the ghosts are nice. and You still need the ghost, But you'd also need to be, like, pumping from two starports at least. But there there are times when it's just like Twitch chat just it's just like, well, you should have just made exclusively Marines. I'm like, I, there's a lot of Banelings. I'd rather have Marauders in the front. Thank you. Yeah, well, and it's also like, oh, your opponent did this extreme strategy. You need to do this extreme strategy to counter it. And it's like, yeah, like that can work, but I'd rather, you know, stay in my lane, so to speak. It's like, yeah, I could, you know, all end them off of 45 drones and like two Ravagers, but... Who does that? <laughs> Streaming is another topic that we do have set up for uh, one day, and we can get into like all the specifics about, you know, maybe even like Twitch chat trolls and stuff like that. But uh, oh, sure, I got I got plenty of stories in my back pocket. <laughs> I do too. But um, yeah, it's just it's really hard to make that switch into a style that you a aren't comfortable with and b don't have as much experience with. Did you have anything else you wanted to speak generally, or do you want to go into the uh, the highlights, lowlights? I could say one thing. Besides for game sense, I feel like my mechanics are doing fairly well. Like my micro and my macro have been, I feel like have been steadily increasing. And there's, it's kind of weird because I'm still seeing like all of the flaws in my production, and you know, whenever I'm having to micro furiously, but seeing those things and still feeling like I'm getting better at them really feels very nice do you feel like it's more like automated or like you just don't or it's just more like reliable than it was it just feels more reliable and easier to execute i would say i've gotten to a point where i can you know be microing out in the field and then know when i can go back to my base and then continue my build order and i can now do it so like much more cleanly i'm spending my minerals a little bit more efficiently so just stuff like that is really nice to uh you know see in replays and stuff yeah no that's good good stuff yeah but with that we can go ahead and hop into the highlights and lowlights so for my low light it was a tvp on 2k and this was at the end of my stream yesterday so if anybody was watching yesterday I was definitely tilted at the end of that. I had just gone one in six all night, so I was feeling rather frustrated. So, you know, I'm, I'm opening the way I usually do, and the opponent decided to probe scout me, which just immediately made me more irritated because, like, probe, probe scout's not something I'm 
super keen on having to like deal with, but I, you know, I had a contingency set up, like my scouting worker immediately becomes my defending worker and I send another worker out to scout, but I still felt like just irritated with that. Um, I felt like I was, I was microwing pretty well against it. Like I was switching out workers when I needed to, um, you know, opponent would kind of duck out, regen some shields, come back and I would switch workers out accordingly. As I was, uh, continuing on, I noticed that opponent had actually made a pylon in one of the, uh, the jump up locations. So 2k has the two jump up locations and they block both of them off. I'm not used to seeing that, but it does leave your expansion a little bit open. So I'm trying to send the Reaper into the base because I can't jump up and the, and the depth basically just immediately kills it. So I'm just like, Oh God, really? I'm, I'm getting more and more irritated with the, the outcome of the match. So I continue into my build. I planned on a widow mine dropping. I decided to make a Hellion instead of one of the widow mines just so I could get another scout off. And I pop into the base. I see that it's going to be a Stargate with a Void Ray coming out. And that, again, like irritated me because I know what style this person is trying to play. They wanted to get the Void Rays to like kind of poke in, poke out, and just be like really annoying, putting a lot of pressure onto my base, make it so that I can't move out. So now I'm just frustrated because I have to deal with that. And eventually, uh, the Void Rays do come out. They move over to my side of the map. They start, you know, like picking off add-ons and stuff. I'm actually really happy because for once in my life, they didn't snipe STEM as it was researching. That's a first. Yeah, that's a that's a big that's a big victory. It's a big victory. Yeah, they did snipe combat shields, but I didn't really care about combat shields at that point. I just wanted STEM so I could push out. But my um my marine micro was not great versus these void rays. Um. I didn't split them up effectively enough to, you know, cover my main base while also hunting them near my base. So I'm just kind of getting frustrated trying to move these Marines around. They're just kind of like shuffling to, into place to try and deal with these Void Rays. So I'm just getting more and more and more irritated. Eventually I did manage to push out, but it was too, yeah, it was significantly late for what I had. But I was just, I just wanted to get this match done. I wanted it over with. I just didn't want to play it anymore. So I push out across the map. And it turns out um, behind this opponent had done storm research. Uh, there are high Templars just sitting in his main. Uh, they cast their storms. My bio started melting. I started falling back. The void rays came back in. They started sniping off medevacs. And I was just like, no, I'm not playing this out. I'm done. So I, you know, I quit the game. But when I look back at the replay, I was actually in a, f I wasn't dead. By any means, I was not dead. My army supply was up. I was down eight workers, which is, you know, that's fairly common against Protoss. I was only down one base. Like, this match was by no means over. I All I had to do was continue pumping out Marines. I needed tanks, a few ghosts. I would transition into, like, Vikings. I would have been completely fine. But I let my tilt get the best of me. And I just, I was just like, nah, I'm done. I'm done. I can't do this. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that'll that'll happen, and, and I think it's also like sometimes the tone of the game is set very early, you know. Especially if it's that little, the little stuff that like, again, it's it's not that big of a deal. Like you know, the SCV getting picked off or microed back or whatever. It's not the biggest deal, but it's so annoying, and it's so aggravating. And I think also sometimes it's really hard to let that stuff go because like, it, it and and it's like this weird like. 
it's like chip damage, you know, like on your like moral strength, you know, or like on your like fortitude. And it just it just adds up. And it's like, of course, of course, the probe is back with full shields to to annoy me again. And you know that like it's not gonna kill you, but it, you also know it's something you have to deal with, right? Or else your factory's late or something like that. You know, like um, it's yeah, I I I feel for you there. Yeah, the funny thing was is that like if that had happened to me at the beginning of the night, because I was hyped to start streaming and you know playing games. So like if that had happened to me at the beginning of the night, I would have I probably would have just shaken it off. Like there's definitely probably going to be some chip damage there, but otherwise, you know not really that big of a deal but at the end of the night that was the straw that broke the camel's back probably i was just like god not this crap again and the funny thing is is that like i've been like i i have a video saved from neuro where he talks about turning annoyances into learning experiences which is something that i have been trying to learn to do and you know going back to the replays and realizing all of my mistakes and trying to eventually learn to do it in the moment but after, like at the end of the night, I was just like, you, you screw it. I don't, I don't care. This is annoying. I don't like it. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, you know, it's Starcraft is always an emotional game and sometimes you're, you're too fired up. And, uh, I, I totally relate to that hundred percent. Yeah. It's the worst thing was, is that I went back and looked at the replay and the style that they went for the void ray first is super 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 weak to three racks a build that i've been working on recently if i had just gone three racks i would have killed him but you know i i opted to take the safe route and do you know a 311 and you know stuff like that's going to happen you're going to go back into your replays and realize like oh if i'd done this i would have killed him or oh if i did that i would have killed him but you know sometimes it's you just don't it's always a challenge but well, hey, we we learn from it, right? <laughs> yeah, we we do, we do. I'm going to three racks every single Protoss on 2K now. <laughs> well, I mean, that's that. I mean, I don't know a lot about PVT, but I do know that like three racks, like you can just kind of build order, win a lot of stuff, right? Like if if they have certain, there's a lot of weaknesses sometimes to three racks, right? It's um, in particular, three racks is pretty weak versus like, uh, like defensive two base Colossus. But it's really, really, really strong against most other things, and especially versus like a void right first. Like it should just outright kill it. And honestly, if I had pushed out at the correct time, it probably would have still killed him. Well, GG. Yeah, GGs. <laughs> uh, let's see. So for my highlights, I think you were actually in my chat when this game happened, but it was a TVZ on 2K been playing a lot of games on 2k recently i don't know what's up with that so once again i'm up against a pool first zerg so you know the standard protocol for a diamond league terran is just go ahead and build this the command center up on the high ground like in higher leagues that's probably not necessary like you can glean from the zerg base like if you need to build on the high ground but usually diamond players are fine with just building on the high ground it's not that much of a uh, economic loss so we do that we go cyclone first to deal with the uh, potential roaches and ravagers that might be coming in we want to take the overlord out if they decide to start biling stuff down so we we see a bunch of roaches and it's just like oh okay cool so this is going to be like a a plus one roach timing or something because it's, it's significantly late to be like a pressure build like you do or like i've seen you do i should say so 
I, I see this with the banshees and I'm like, I'm moving around. I'm trying to harass them a little bit. I send the cyclone out, which is not a good idea, but I wanted scouting information for whatever reason. Um, so I'm pushing out. I'm doing all of this kind of stuff. That's when the Nidus popped up. There's a 716 Nidus filled with Roach Ravager Queen. Now, they did throw a lot away to the like meat grinder of Marines and tanks. I did wind up losing a significant number of workers. I lost about 15. I lost three tanks to that attack. But um, slightly unbeknownst to me, I was actually still on even worker count with the opponent. So I'm actually in a fantastic position <laughs> despite losing 15 workers. So we're we're doing this like the song and dance with Nidus. Um, we're trying like we push away more attacks. We eventually move out and kill the Nidus, which should have been you know plan one from the beginning. Um, opponents like I, I think opponents not used to not winning off of that because they did go into like mutas. They got a baneling nest, and later on they launch a massive attack on my third base. Um, it was Muta, Ling, Bane, Roach, Ravager. They literally threw everything at me, including the kitchen sink. Now, the funny thing was is that I, I'm kind of used to players doing stuff that's similar to that, but usually, you know, the Mutas are, you know, poking around, harassing. The uh, Roaches will be up front. You know, the Banelings will kind of file in and then, like, find individual targets. But opponent decided to F2A move this army. And the only reason, or I kind of realized that during the game because the mutas were sticking with the main army, which is not something that I often see whenever somebody goes mutas. And I went back and checked and, you know, opponent had the one hotkey for the hatcheries, which that that kind of made me laugh a little bit because it's, it's not something I've seen in a long time, just F2 moving uh, mutalisk. But um, yeah, so during this time, I actually had to drop out on the map. I would I cleaned up one base. I was harassing another base with a liberator and a banshee. So I was like, even though I'm getting like just everything thrown at me, I'm still managing to get damage done on the other side of the map. I mean, I'm losing a, a few things at home, but it's not that big of a deal because I'm crushing the army. Um, behind this opponent is getting lurkers, and I don't know this. And Eventually, we kind of we we settle down, and I'm ready to go ahead and move out. We do this like massive siege tank push into opponent's third base, um, and I did something incredibly stupid. Um, instead of taking my marines and falling back when I saw banelings rolling in, I immediately like ran into a choke in the zerg's base, and the banelings just it was not a good choke either. I just want to make that clear. This is a terrible place to engage banelings in. So they rolled in and just like crushed my Marines. I'm like, oh crap. Well, what do I do now? We're going to, we're just going to keep rallying there and see what happens. So from there, we're, we're taking smarter, more efficient engagements. We're kind of baiting the, the Banelings into siege fire. Um, I'm keeping my Marines kind of, we're trying to spread them out a little bit. We're trying to make sure that, we're, you know, we're moving back into the tank lines and we're slow pushing into opponent's base and we're starting to feel really good because now they're down to, Three bases, I have a massive siege tank line on one side, there's a drop on the other, cleaning up a base. And, you know, I'm, I'm feeling pretty solid. And then that Nidus notification goes off again. And I think 
it, it was like 12 lurkers that poured into my main base. And I'm super proud of myself because in that moment, it clicked in my head. This is now a base trade. I have to go for the throat. So we, we start slow pushing in. We're checking the high ground for lurkers to make sure that we're not just going to like lose our entire army in this, in this scenario. And I push up, I kill the hive, I clear out the base and the notification pops up that your opponent is being revealed. Now this is super important for those of you who don't know when that notification pops up, that means there are no more command centers. There's no more hatcheries. There's no more Nexi for your opponent. Whenever the notification pops up that they are no longer being revealed, they have rebuilt a hatchery, command center, nexus, whatever, they, whatever they're playing. That notification never popped up for me, so I know in my head either opponent is out of drones or opponent cannot remake a hatchery. So I'm starting to look around the map to try and find some of the loose bases, or uh, I'm sorry, loose buildings that are littered around the map and there was a slight mistake because my opponent color is set to white it does not contrast very well against the really light teal that are resource nodes so i'm struggling to look on the mini map to find these white dots on these like very light teal spaces but um at this point you know i've done the massive terran building migration and we're hitting a point where i can win I can win and at worst I can draw. Opponent can only go for the draw. So I know that if I take my time, I move slowly and I use my scans, I'm going to be perfectly okay. We can calm down. This is like, this really, this isn't that severe of a situation for me. And this is when opponent realizes that, oh, his detection is linked to these command center or to these orbital command centers. I have to burrow lurkers next to them and force them to lift off. So we're doing this like crazy like building dance where I'm lifting up my orbitals and he would chase after them, but I'd have another orbital somewhere else that's scanning. And eventually we managed to find the last building. We kind of slow push into an area. I set up a liberator over some lurkers. Opponent thinks I don't have another scan, but I do. So the lurker or the uh, liberator starts taking shots at the lurkers. They back up and it gives me a nice opportunity to move in, kill the last extractor, and we win the game. Oh yeah, tremendous. Well, well played, sir. I was I remember this game as soon as you said like Ravager, Muta, Bane. That's when I was like, oh yeah, I did watch this game. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's uh, it's I think uh, well, there's there's one thing. Did you? How did you feel when there was that massive attack uh, coming into the third base with like the Muta Bane Ravager? Did you feel ahead? Did you feel behind? Like what was what was going through your head there? I was nervous that I was behind, but I felt okay because I was moving. I, I like I was consistently moving workers away. I'm not saying that I didn't lose workers. I did, but I was. I'm I'm getting into a position where I'm comfortable. Where it's just like I see a massive attack wave and we just move because we're we're it's not worth losing those workers to a massive attack wave. So I mean I was feeling under a little bit of duress but not I feel like not to a point where it was detrimental because I know that I saved the base, I saved the workers, we can just replant in a minute. Yeah, no, it was uh not not to give you a hard time but the the bad engage that you took at the at the top side of the map on the third base where you lost a bunch of your marines. Uh, first of all, I was I was stunned. 
I was stunned. I felt really bad because I knew you were in a great spot. I knew you were in a fantastic spot. And I also knew that Zerg was being very uh, reckless with his gas. But the thing I love about that is that after you did that, uh, you were like, oh, shit, that was a mistake. And then you proceeded to do a very clean slow push. <laughs> yeah, it w I mean, it was literally learning a lesson like in the moment. <laughs> it just yeah, you just had to like sacrifice like 30 Marines to be like, oh, yeah, this is how I'm supposed to push with tanks. And like <laughs> then after that, you you like you had so much less supply, but like it was a legit fine push. And you you just kind of crept your way in. You pulled stuff back into the tanks. And I'm like, oh, now he's doing it. <laughs> Uh, and you were still in a you were still in a good spot, but man, what a what a ride! That, yeah, that I, I feel like the moment that happened, I was like, this was a really stupid decision. I don't know why. Like, it would have been even better if I had just broke off like a couple of Marines to do that. Like, it would have been so much better than just being like, here's a whole ball of Marines for you to just murder. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, hey, have at it. It's a it's a hard game, and you know, sometimes we can't we can't be fully aware of every single decision we make and and uh you know moving up in towards the mineral corner uh with all of your marines and a giant ball might not be the best but it happens it, it probably won't be the last time but um a fantastic game also the base trade i thought was very exciting uh i think base trades are one of those weird things where uh you can really never prepare for the base trade situation that you're in and it requires a lot of just this is where we are it doesn't exactly matter how we got here, but this is where it is now. And it's always a challenge to sort through those situations because every base trait is so uniquely different. But I do think there is always a huge advantage to the person who goes, oh, it's a base trait. The sooner you have that thought, the better off you be. Because there's a lot of games too where I am the one initiating the base trade, right? By like diving my army in, just being like, oh, Oh, I guess let's do it. And just because I'm the person who said, okay, we're doing this, it gives me a huge advantage, not only mentally, but also like I can like hide drones off to the corners or like I can do other stuff like that. But but having the ability to just be like, oh shit, we're base trading. Uh, just it it allows you to to enter this new game state on better feet, right? Because otherwise you're still just like, oh shit, I guess we're base trading. And then you look at it and you're like, well, all my drones are already dead or something like that. Like, you can really just be in a terrible spot sometimes if you don't have that initiative. But um, you definitely knew it was happening. You knew you had your tanks like already halfway across the map. And again, the liftoff, the liftoff, burrow, scan, dance is is one that you know I have never experienced. But it certainly is chaotic. And you know, even if it's like there's that one orbital on the far side and like eight zerglings are there but they force it to lift because there's literally nothing else there and then the lurkers can move like the, the opponent kind of knew what to do i i think he was he was pretty not in a good spot from from a lot of that but he was still uh being very annoying and very uh deliberate with his actions especially with forcing the liftoffs and, and forcing the uh the movement and and the shifting of all of the units you had but man what what a game what a game yeah, it, it seemed pretty clear that we both had a really decent idea of what the win condition was for that game. And his was like, he cannot scan again. But um, I, I do want to go back to the uh, the thought process behind like initiating a base trade or realizing that you're in a base trade. One of the biggest things that I've found in those situations is that there you immediately have to take stock of the situation. You have to know like, what tools do I have right now? what tools does opponent have right now and what 
do I need to do to win this game? And that's, that is a genuinely difficult thing to learn because you don't, I don't think you off, you base trade very often, honestly. I've, you know, I don't have base trade situations very frequently at all. And actually, well, recently I have, but that's a different story. But it's really important to immediately realize what situation you're in and then know what tools you have and what you can do to actually win the game or even drag it out to a draw if that's your only option. Yeah, well, and it's usually when it happens, it's a, it's a very chaotic moment already. Like, it's already like there's two armies on opposite sides of the map, and then you have to have the wherewithal to be like, okay, I have one mining base here, I have, you know, two geysers here, and I'm going to lose all my tech, or like, oh, I'm going to start a layer at my fourth base just so like just so it's there or something like that. Like, like it's those little things, too, that you really don't realize that you'll miss them until you're like, oh, I'm going to make some spore crawlers. And you're like, oh, my spawning pool's been dead for two minutes, I guess. Like, <laughs> you know, and it's it's so it's so hard. And, and uh, it's something for me, too, as a Zerg, when it's like, if my spawning pool is like half health and there's still marines there, I'm I'm putting down another one. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, and and it's those kinds of things that that just take experience, you know, because like, y you know that like, yeah, it's gonna die, and the only time that's a huge problem is if I don't realize it's been dead for a long time. You know, if I just put it down, two hundred minerals in a drone, who cares? Whatever, it's down, it'll be up by the time I need it again. It's just hilarious too because it's chaos, man, and it's it's things are blowing up. You're you're trying to prioritize what to save, save SCVs, save production, um, and uh, it's a mess. And and when you win those situations, man, it it is so satisfying because you really feel like you uh, you know used the tools you had available on the battlefield. You know, yeah, base trades are if you can manage to win a base trade, it's always a super exciting moment for you. So uh, with that being said. I guess uh, I'm going to go ahead and flip the question around to you, Dan. How was the ladder treating you? Uh, pretty pretty good. Um, I, my MMR is not the greatest, but I'm also like kind of trying new stuff, um, oh, which is fun. Cool. Like I'm enjoying it. Uh, I've been trying to do like more like dropper lord stuff just because I feel like I just don't do it enough to be quick and efficient with it. Like... <laughs> Like previously, I would have to like look down at my keyboard to like find the unload key. Like that's how that's how bad it was, uh, because I just don't I just don't have those mechanics there. You know, like I know the buttons there, but like I'd be like, uh, what is it again? Do I click the thing here? Like I just don't have that like set. So even just practicing that of like, okay, we're gonna put some roaches here. We're gonna put some overlords here. We're gonna make sure overlord speed has already been done. That's another big thing because like to drop as a zerg, you have to have that that foresight to already have had overlord speed usually. So just getting that down for me is already a pretty big win because again, it's not something I'm very practiced with, and I think it does have a lot of utility. Even if it's not doing damage, it has a lot of positional utility and a lot of ability to pull some tanks out of position or cause a F2 panic or something like that. And those are the mistakes that I really uh, enjoy exploiting because I can also just kind of show up with a giant roach army somewhere else. Um, so I'm really trying to work that in. I wouldn't say it's going great as far as like the specific timings of it. Uh, I can do it and I feel more comfortable doing it, but I still need to work on like uh, just getting just getting it to sync up a little bit better. Because there is this kind of like, 
okay, I let the drop go in, I let him see the drop, I let him react to the drop, and then I dive in. What's been happening is I send the drop in, and then I start dancing with my main army, and then uh, the drop keeps going in, and then I start microing the drop, and then I lose my entire main army because I'm not looking at it. <laughs> um, but like that's how I want to do it, right? I want to have my main army ready to pounce on stuff, but I also need to to be more aware of it and not lose it for nothing because I've done that like two or three times already. <laughs> um, but it's fun, you know, and uh, I, I do think it's just a good like general skill for me to have. And uh, same thing a little bit too with a Nidus. I've been trying to do Nidus stuff in that same kind of thing. And it's pretty much the same where it's like I can do it and I can do that. I can send the worm where I want it to, but like the unload and the loading mechanics are still like not very polished and they're very sloppy and I end up making weird mistakes with it, but that's part of it. That's why I'm doing it because I know how, how, uh, inconsistent it is for me, you know? Um, so work in progress, but it's fun. It's fun. As someone who is very enthusiastic about drop play, this excites me so much to hear that you're starting to branch out into this. I'm so happy for you, honestly. <laughs> um, is it just like, is it kind of like your basic, like mainly drop in the mineral lines or? Yeah, so I'm, 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 you know, I'm, I'm still kind of playing around with it. What I've just been doing is I just make like, I just do like eight roaches. It's a decent investment and it's an investment that like you have to kind of respect, but it's not like the YOLO doom drop kind of thing, which is very different. I, I just want a positional, huh, like, you know, like I just want to, oh my God, like I just want that kind of reaction from my opponent. And I, I do think that it's it's still getting there and again again just getting the overlords and the roaches to the place on their own control group and everything is a whole thing that like i'm uh one of the things is is that i don't use my control group number four despite the fact it's like right there and i could be using it but i've made it my designated nidus worm slash dropper lord group because i'm just really trying to work it in because I, I feel like it's a good thing to have and it's a good thing to just be comfortable with you know yeah absolutely once you get to figure out those mechanics, though, I, I promise you it does become more fun because then you get to learn you get to learn the timings a little bit better. I, I know that whenever I play TVP, what I like to do is I, I like to do one of two things with mind drops. If they manage to repulse the first one is either a and try to engage their army, distract them and then send the widow mines in so that, you know, they're not paying attention to it. Or B, sending the Widow Mines in to drag their attention away while I kill their main army. And it's a very, very valuable to uh, tool to learn. And I I'm, I'm glad to hear that you're kind of branching out into stuff like that because it, it can make you a very potent player. Yeah, well, and stylistically, I feel like it's it's kind of right up my alley as far as like I like multi-pronging. I like uh, playing with my opponent's attention and I like uh, just diving on diving on stuff when I have a good opportunity and a good position, right? I, I love these positional plays, um, and I love these uh, things. And, and so far, you know, I can do that stuff, but I usually did it with like a six or eight roach run by where I just try to walk them in somewhere and then try to do something else. And just adding the dropper lord, it just adds more more things to click, more mechanics to click while doing it. But it's the same thing fundamentally, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're going to catch some really mad Terrans that just don't have their tanks sieged up anymore. Um, what made you decide on the eight roach drop, though? I'm curious. Um, I don't know. It. I. I feel like it's Neuro kind of talks about it. I, I forget what number he uses, but he's like it's a, like a thirty percent rule, 
which is which is a little more than eight roaches typically for me or 30 percent would be more it'd probably be like 12 ish or something like that you know the amount you invest into a drop is is it's a choice and i still haven't figured out what i really like i think i've been doing like three dropper lords but only two of them are full just because i don't know it <laughs> just because it's been what i've been doing and i have the ability to be like eh, maybe we'll put some more in this time but i haven't really done that quite yet um because I, I do think it is one thing, like if there's a drop and it's a drop that like they know that their rally will get, you don't get the same reaction to a drop where you're like, oh, this could kill every SCV in three seconds if I don't uh, respond to it appropriately. So I want it to be a little scary. Is this just something that you're experimenting with in ZVT or are you doing it in all the matchups? Um, it's mostly ZVT is the ones I've been trying it in. Um I think I might have tried it in ZVP once or twice. It's it's the same thing, too, where you can still get good positional stuff. Um, the thing that is also funny, too, is I also learned how many Terrans just put, like, four turrets in their main just because, just because they've been burned before. <laughs> and it's always a surprise, but I'm also just like, yeah, I should expect this sometimes. <laughs> that's, that's a player that's just scared of mutas. Yeah, yeah. Or either that or they're going mech. That's... I because I, I know the exact players that you're talking about because I've I've seen them too where I like I just load up a couple of marines to do some harassment and I fly in and I see like the four turret line I'm just like oh well somebody got doom dropped in the past well I mean I do I do it in ZVT like I put like three spores in my main just because like I also know it's a big exploit for like the roach style if you drop my main and kill all my drones I kind of lose so like I'm always I'm always aware of it and I always put it there, but I also know that like, I love, I love reading those drop plays before they happen where they're like, Oh, I'm dancing around at your fourth. Where am I going to go next? And I'm like, bro, I know you're going to go to the main after this. Like, <laughs> what do you think? What do you think I'm thinking? Like, of course you're going to go to the main after this, you know? And, uh, it feels cool when I, when I call it, especially if like, like I had a play the other day where all of my Queens were already in the main. And my opponent just shift clicked the drop in and he didn't look at it. And by the time he looks at it, uh, two medevacs are dead and there's like three Marines unloaded dying to Queens. And I'm like, yeah, it was a good read. <laughs> yeah, I've had that moment before where you, you go, you just, you're shift clicking the drop because you're trying to focus on something else and you come back and it's just not there anymore. And you're just like, oh, well, good, good job, opponent. Um, the other thing I'll say just in general is that like uh, ZBZ has been pretty pretty decent for me. I, I've changed one small thing, but it might have been the thing that was actually hurting me more than I realized. But I also don't think it was just that thing, but I really don't know. Um, and the thing I changed is I changed how I do my gas when I do Baneling Pressure. Because I, I think I was trying to be too fancy and I was trying to be too efficient. And I would pull one one drone off a of gas to make my baneling nest and then just keep two on gas for a while. But the problem with that is that I would never remember to put back on gas. So when I try to pivot or transition or after I've done damage, I try to do anything or even make defensive banes. And I'm like, I don't have the, I don't have the money. Uh, so I've been just keeping three on gas and it's actually working a lot better. I'm very much, I'm much more comfortable with it. I have realized. So uh, that might help. I, I feel like the ZVZ Ling skirmishes have been going better for me just because I can, I can apply a little more pressure if I want, or I can, uh, I can kind of just do that, use that gas however I want. Yeah, it it is kind of one of those like, it, it's it's weird 
like cause, because you can do some really efficient things that the pros do but sometimes it's really not necessary and it hurts you more than it helps like in cases like that i i know that i would uh like i would mess up with some of um my tbt builds because there's a point where you're supposed to pull out of gas and then put back into gas and you know i would forget to do one or the other and i would just be like oh well I don't have enough minerals to actually like produce an army. So I guess I'm just sitting here for now, but it is one of those things where you either have to like, you have to kind of grind it out and practice it a little bit more and get used to doing it while under fire, or you kind of just cut it out and just be like, I, I know this is mildly inefficient, but like for right now, I got to focus on other things and like not dying on the ladder. Yeah. And I, I'm very happy with it. I still need to figure it out. And, uh, keep playing around with it but but it, it's it's been a nice sensation to be to be feeling confident in my zvz again especially in my opener with the the pressure and all that like it just feels better and uh i feel like i'm just in a better shape to to move on to other stuff or to just keep making banes and just keep keep trying to kill them like either either can work for me depending on how it goes so um it's good yeah glad to hear that you're feeling comfortable in zvz again uh, what about ZVP? You didn't haven't really mentioned that much. Uh, yeah. I mean, I uh, I don't know. I only played a couple of them. It, it was okay. I had a guy who made adepts versus me, and I'm just like, oh yeah, this people used to do this. It's still a surprise. Like, <laughs> like I know how to deal with it, and uh, I I think I just lost too many drones initially, and then I just lost to you know the subsequent aggression because I was behind. But fighting adepts as a zerg is always funny too because like you can. And sometimes it's really hard to tell how much damage you're allowed to take, right? Even even when I check my drone count and I'm like, it's not that bad. It, it's it's hard for me to say because a lot of times I've had to shuffle the drones up and down. A lot of times I've like instantly remade them, you know, like as the last two adepts die, I just, I've already redroned. So it's hard for me to get a read on how many I actually like lost. Um and so it was just funny. It was just funny because I'm like, oh, yeah, this is a style that I used to face a lot. And it's not a Void Ray based style. Uh, <laughs> um, and then other than that, you know, hey, man, the other games, I just queen walk or I, I die trying. <laughs> is there anything else that you want to talk about your kind of general ladder experience? Or would you like to go ahead and hop into highlights and lowlights? Uh, no, I don't, I don't think so. I think we can go into the 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 uh, what do I want to start with? I'll start with the low light. I'll start with the low light. Uh, so this was a, a ZVT on Oxide. And this was uh, like the most uber turtle mech I've had in forever. Oh, boy. And out of all the flavors of mech, this was like the most tank heavy and the most... Like his third base was so abysmally late, but... He took the third base when he had like eight tanks and like really like slow pushed his own third base location because that's usually a pretty good opportunity for me is when they're landing a third, especially if it's so late because I usually have a good army by then anyways. Uh, but it was unbreakable and it's oxide. So like it, it's it's an extra extra pain just situationally and um I just uh I got impatient, you know. That that's really that's really what it boils down to. I think the challenge too is that you can uh 
early on, I can tell where it's going, right? Just because, like, the first three factory units he made were tanks. And I'm just like, I know what this is. You know, like, I I already know his game, uh, his whole win conditions. You know, like, it, it's, it's a posture thing, and you can pick up on that posture very early sometimes. And uh, if you watch my stream, it's not fun, because you can hear me complaining about it before anything's happened. Uh, just because I know that the choices my opponent has made uh, has already alerted me that he will never leave his base and that I will be forced to take the initiative and, you know, go from there. And uh, I think I think we did okay. Like, again, I couldn't deny the third. I like to at least put some pressure on it. Uh, we had a really nice engage uh, at his fourth base where I had some pretty sick blinding clouds. Uh, I made five vipers, and we did, we did pretty all right. And... This this is my strategy in mech too. Is it's like I'm like here come my vipers, here come my spells. If it doesn't work, we're gonna leave the game. <laughs> like that's that's how I go in because I I just don't like subjecting myself to these longer mech games. Uh, the thing is, is that it went really well. Like the fight went really well. So I was like, hey, let's we got a chance. Like we can keep going. But I, you know, after that, I made a couple decisions where it was like. Uh, I lost my Vipers uh, for no reason, and I forgot to... I, I didn't forget to re remake them. I just refused to remake them, really. <laughs> like, I mean, I knew I should have remade them. It's just one of these things where I just kept making an army and kept taking bad fights, and then it's kind of like just bashing your head in the wall over and over again, and uh, I just I just kind of lost my patience. And, um, like, th this guy's defensive setup was also just brutal like he took the he took the horizontal expand on oxide but then he hard walled the uh the area with the rocks with two barracks and he had like widow mines on the outside of the barracks and like uh it was it was it was just really painful and um so either you're pushing the part that's hard walled with barracks or you're pushing up the ramp where there's two tanks on two separate high grounds you know in between uh the the second base and the third so like you're really limited in in your ability to attack um oh <laughs> speaking of my like dropping stuff you'd think hey mech this is a great time to practice your dropper lords you know pull some guys out of position i sent three dropper lords into his main and there were three widow mines just up in the top corner just just sitting there because why not you know like <laughs> He didn't he didn't see the dropper lords. There was no indication or any like I checked the replay to be like, did he see this and put these here? No, no, they were just there. They were just there for minutes upon minutes. So like I, I feel cool with these drops and they literally just explode in the air from three widow mines that were tucked behind the gas geyser. And I'm just like just like, yeah, it's it's one of these like losses too where it just it just hurts, man. And it, it morally you know, it, it hurts me in, in my core. Uh even though it's not the biggest investment, it's just like yeah yeah that happened <laughs> no that that hurts that hurts me just having to I, I can't imagine how painful that has to be that's for starters a terran that expands to the horizontal third on oxide really it's not something you see every day yeah it was surprising yeah uh I, so i i definitely feel the impatience part and that's something I've been having to learn to deal with more and more and more recently. Cause it seems like a lot of people are kind of prone to, you know, take a late third and turtle up behind it. And it, it's, it's hard because like you and I, we have a fairly similar play style where we want to set the tempo for the game and we want to be the ones attacking. We want to be the ones with the map control. 
we want to be the ones out on the field, you know, doing what we need to do. But whenever opponents force us to slow down, like it, it sucks because that's not really how we wanted to play. And it, it is kind of hard to have to, you know, downshift and be like, okay, well, I guess now I need to just start expanding and teching and making sure like I can survive whatever they're going to throw at me or alternatively, like what, you know, maybe I can set up an army to break him at some point. So it's really difficult to be able to, you know, shift those gears and then try to get into that. And sometimes it's just something we don't want to do. And yeah, I just feel that that's, that's, that sucks, man. Yeah. Well, and it's also, I'm, I'm pretty stubborn when it comes to, to anti-mech. Like I, I feel very confident in my ability to kill mech as well. Like it's not, it's not something I'm like scared of. Like I, I always have a plan and I always know how I'm going to do it. But, but at the same time, I'm also very stubborn and I'm also very, this is, this is what we do. And this is, this is how I make it work. Um, because in retrospect, I, I look at this sometimes and I'm like, you know what? I I should have made swarm hosts just because it was so tank heavy. You know, like it, it would I would have gotten value over time. Uh, even though I don't I don't love swarm hosts all the time, I do think they do have a use sometimes. But again, in the game, it's really hard for me to make that decision and make that uh, that kind of like, oh, let's let's change it up a little bit. And, and uh, I was just determined to do it the way I usually do it because I do have success with it. You know, I have I have great success with the way I usually approach it. But again, uh, three or four fights that are bad in a row and then I'm like, hmm, yeah, no, I don't know if this style is going to work, but I'm still doing it because it's, it's, what I'm, it's what I'm committed to, you know? Yeah, it's kind of difficult to then have to play around with tools that you're not super familiar with. Um, I actually had a game recently where I, I was a, it was a TBT and I was against like a super turtled battle cruiser builder, and you know little old cranial is still trying to produce marine tank against you know battle cruiser Thor Viking. It's just like that's not gonna work, dude. Like you gotta stop. You it, you gotta stop. You've got to be making your own battle cruisers or something. It's not the first time I've lost a mech like that, and it won't be the last, but. Um, I think the biggest enemy there is my own impatience and my own rigidness. Yeah, it's it's mech, man. You know, <laughs> I guess I'll go on to the highlight here. Um, this was a ZVZ on Oxide. It was a weird start. So my opponent did a 12 pool, but I think he made a lot of weird choices off of that 12 pool. So, you know, basically we were ahead on the early game from basically doing nothing. Uh, he, he made some weird choices as far as like, going into my main with the lings and like taking a really early gas, which I, I just don't think is is a good way to play the 12 pool expand. Like it it's it kind of hurts you a lot more than your opponent. So uh, again, we were we were pretty far ahead. You know, I start doing ling bane pressure and it goes it goes pretty well. Uh, I think he I think he he did some counter pressure too and, and you know I felt I felt pretty stable uh, and secure in that. The thing that I did uh, kind of, I got my third base denied by Lings like twice, and I missed I missed the cancel both times, which makes it extra painful. <laughs> oh God! Yeah, yeah. Uh, the first time I definitely thought I had the hatchery selected, and like I guess I just didn't, because it's one of those ones where like I know it's gonna get canceled. You know, like I I know it's gonna get canceled. I just have to be ready for it, and I just missed it. You know, like oh, like it it happened and it died. So whatever. Uh, and then the the second time, I had like Queen, Roach, Bane, like a small amount of them near the third. 
because I knew he still had Lings on the map, right? In that one, I, it was just a little more chaotic, and I couldn't, uh, I didn't have the wherewithal to, to A-move blindly. Like, I was trying to micro my Lings and Banes to get, like, on top of all of the Lings when I really just should have A-move blindly and then canceled the hatch immediately. Because, again, it was already at low health at this point, but it's one of those things where, like, you're trying to get your units in position, you're also trying to cancel, and you're also trying to, like, just catch the units that he's using. And I tried to do all three and kind of failed at the most important one, which I think is the hatch. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I gave him I gave him that. And then it's, it's kind of in this weird state where uh, I have two base pretty full saturation, and my opponent has a third base because he, he's been able to get it uh, through his pressure. And this is where I'm like, okay, let's just see what we got. So I send some lings, I scout his third base, uh, and to my surprise, his third base has probably about 14 drones, both geysers taken, and he's mining pretty much the whole base, you know? Like, I don't have a, I don't have a chance to headcount every single drone, but it's a lot of drones at the third. Uh, so seeing this, uh, I say, all right, well... Time to go all in as my only route to survive. I was so surprised to see it that droned because I thought he was investing a lot more into his attacks. So anyways, uh, I make a bunch of Roach Ling uh, and we just we just go across the map without speed. Super committed, just making, making Lings. I think I made like five Banes too just for that extra, you know, that extra pop. And uh, we just barely got got on top of the third. <laughs> got in between the rally points and were able to uh, able to get in between the rallies and then once you're there if you have enough roaches you can just kind of win the game uh, and that's that's what we did oh I forgot to say this too <laughs> so like when it was in this weird phase where I have two base saturation and he has a third that may or may not be saturated or not I put down a spire uh, just because I was like eh, maybe this is a comeback maybe this is a comeback mechanic you know like whatever you know like it can it can pay off uh, so I, I put down the spire and then, then that's when I scouted the third and saw that how many drones I was down. Uh, and the, the best part about that is that my opponent reacted to the spire and made seven spore crawlers while my push was moving out. So like, I pretty much forgot about my spire. I mean, I didn't completely forget about it, but I had no, zero intention of using it. Like when it finished, like the sound was surprising to me because I was like, oh yeah, I did put that down, didn't I? Uh, because I was already making roaches and already making lings and already intent on going across. And uh, my opponent scouted it and he reacted to it. And I think he reacted way too much because, uh, you know, there were 18 roaches going his way instead. So uh, I think that also played into that a lot. And we were, it was funny when we were talking about the reacting to stuff too much because, you know, I don't blame him. I don't blame him for making those spores. But he just, uh, he didn't expect me to go all in and uh, kill him with roaches. But... We got it done. I just love the fact that the one mutilisk Captain Hoppa has returned, but this time not even a mutilisk. It's just the spire. I love it. Oh yeah, and I mean he scouted it when it was still building too, so like it, it was like really uh, convincing, and uh, uh, it it feels great. And uh, again, it's just a two hundred gas two hundred gas investment, and uh, it helps sell the story, but. I, I knew in that game that if I just sit back and drone, I lose 100% of the time. You know, it's one of those situations where it's like, oh, I'm this far behind economically? Okay, well, this is my only choice. And uh, 
it worked out. And he definitely could have held. Like, there, there are definitely games where you can try that stuff and they can definitely get enough roaches out. Or even if they just get, like, three spines, uh, you, you have a really hard time making that, that thing kind of work. But somehow we managed to, to slip our way out and get across the map. Yeah, it's always really nice to hear those kind of, like, coming back from behind stories where you're just you're you're almost down and out but you manage to come back and score a win just through sheer will and determination and making a correct like probably the best call that you could have made and just realizing like we're all in now so we got to go like not even not waiting for a timing or anything just realizing like we have to go now or we die so that's 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 pretty good to hear I'm, i'm happy for you man yeah, no, it was a it was a good one. <laughs> yeah, I I'm never gonna get over this. Like Captain Happa makes a spire and everybody panics and makes too many spores. Though that's that's amazing. I mean, it's it's a very common thing in ZVZ because it, I think every Zerg has had a game where they are ahead in every way possible, and then twelve mutas show up, and you can never take a fourth base, and you can never progress. Really, you know, like. It's a very paralyzing feeling, uh, especially when, like, you're A, not prepared, or B, not, like, secure enough to know how to approach it or know how to uh, get out of it. Because because the, the, the real answer to, to mutas is, like, lurkers, right? Like, getting a hive, you know? And if you you know, try to force your way in with, with Roach Hydra and, and they just make 18 Banes, like, you just lose, you know? So, like, it's one of these situations where if you're in the situation, uh, the entire state of the game changes. So if you don't have the queen count, if you don't have the spores, uh, good luck. So, you know, these these overreactions are actually very, pretty common, you know? But good, good job for my opponent for scouting me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, clearly they've been burned before. Do you have any more notes on your ladder sessions or you want to go ahead and hop right into the topic? Uh, not really. I think we can go into the topic. I, I had some ladder games that, that might come up during it, but yeah. All right, guys. Well, tonight we have come here to talk about something that affects every single ladder player at some point. You go on a losing streak, you face off against something that you just can't stand and you start to feel the tilt. You start to play worse due to it. It's almost like it's almost like a snowball rolling down a hill. Once you start getting tilted, the more you play, the worse it's going to get. So um, we're going to be here to just talk about our experiences with it, what we've done to combat it, what we've done to try and avoid it at all costs. We even talked about this a little bit during our uh, Taking a Break episode. But uh, how about do you have any uh, initial thoughts on the on the issue? Yeah, I mean, I think this is something that everyone's dealt with, and it's it's a feeling that is uh, very powerful and emotional, uh, and it's it's a challenge, man. And, and I think that that's one of the things that I've kind of taken away from this, as you know, having four thousand something games under my belt, is that it's it's something you have to work on, I think, and it's something that. It takes a lot of time and experience to be, to be okay with it. You know, if that makes sense. Like, it takes some some figuring it out to be like, why am I feeling like this? You know, like, why is this particular thing driving me the most insane I've ever been? You know, like, it can it can make you just I don't know, man. You feel like shit sometimes. 
<laughs> yeah, it's um it, it's a surprisingly powerful emotion really. You um it, like it it genuinely starts to affect you whenever you like whenever you play if you start getting tilted. I know that personally whenever I I'm playing tilted, I play worse. I just play worse. My macro is not good, my micro is not good, and those the fact that those things are bad now tr like drives me crazy and makes me even more tilted. So then we keep like going down this road of just like feeling irritated and like, ah, oh, why isn't this working? I don't understand. This always works. Well, it does whenever you're like on point, but not right now because you're, you know, you're not playing very well. It, it, it does crop up and it's, it's, it, it's really hard to, pull yourself out of that especially if you're like in the middle of an active ladder session yeah and i think this is something i've i've talked about before on this but i i think one of the more powerful things you can do is also just like taking like a self inventory and being like okay on a scale of like one to a hundred like where am i right now because it's i think it's really important to take the steps that you need to take earlier rather than later right because if you get to like 90 percent and you have not attempted anything the ability to come down from a 90 percent is, is so much harder than than just you know chilling at like 50 or 60 right like you can you can try different things uh and you can have uh, a different experience but once you get that fired up and that tilted it's it's a very uphill battle and it's i think it's almost impossible when it gets that deep honestly like i just walk away like I, <laughs> like i know myself well enough to be like i cannot force this i cannot force this once i have gotten this this far you know yeah it's um yeah it's kind of gotten to a point for me where like the when i'm starting to like hit high levels of tilt i just like I just start kind of ending my streams because, you know, I, I know I'm not going to be playing well. I know I'm not going to be super entertaining to watch while I'm like just irritated with everything. So at, like I've just I've started learning to just like cut myself off if I'm starting to feel that way. It's just like, all right, I know I can't ladder right now. We're just going to go ahead and raid somebody or even like sometimes I'll even like just switch to another like chill game. Like I, I originally I was just like I would switch to KSP and you know, just shoot rockets at the moon because why the hell not? Yeah, and uh, it, it's one of the things too I, I always think about nowadays is like uh, the Hearthstone videos where it's the, is it is it Imba? Like the, the intake form, it always cracks me up because you can always read into it where the guy's like, I had perfect macro, I had the best decision making, I countered this unit with this unit. And like, it's very normal, I think, to have these feelings in the game. Right? It's very normal to have these feelings, but if you take a step back and you look at it, you'll look at it and you'll be like, oh, I thought I was like a million miles ahead here and I clearly wasn't. Or like, I thought I made SCV count very, very nicely, but I clearly didn't. But I think that's also just like the emotions, right? And the emotions of being in these challenging situations and uh, it clouds your judgment, like 100%. It, it completely clouds your judgment and you really, uh, it's hard to take stock of, of these things that are happening as they're happening, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm 100% guilty of that. I've quit out of games where I'm just like, I know I was ahead. There's no way I wasn't. But 
I've been getting better at like looking at the replay and realizing like, oh, no, I wasn't. I absolutely was not. I was down 20 workers and down two upgrades. So no, you absolutely were not. And I mean, even if you are ahead, like you're going to make other mistakes as well. Like I've, I'm very much guilty of like making stupid army movements. Like just look at my highlights. I literally moved 30 Marines into the war, literally the only wrong position. Like, you know, stuff like that's, it, it's just going to happen. And you have to kind of learn to accept that it, it's going to happen. And it, like we said at the start, like it is a very emotionally charged game. And we we take a lot of pride in it. We feel like if we're not doing well, like then we're just like we're not worth our MMR. And it like it's it's a really shitty feeling. Just like to be perfectly blunt, it sucks. But it's it's tricky to try and pull yourself away from that and realize like I make mistakes. Like my craft is not perfect, and there's ways that I can improve on it. Yeah, and, and I think. Uh... You know, one of the things that that I have found to be helpful for me is just accepting that I will throw games from great positions. You know, like, yeah, it's it's going to happen. It will probably keep happening. Uh, I would like it to happen less as I continue to experience them. But at the end of the day, it, it's also there are so many ways to lose <laughs> in StarCraft. So many. And... Sometimes they're your fault. Sometimes they're not. Uh, sometimes it's out of your control. Sometimes it's very clearly in your control. And I think the thing that I try to do is just be like, well, I tried to do this and I failed and I just laugh at myself. And and I think that it's one of these things where I just have this realization that like I'm not going to play perfect. Like there, There's no way I can expect myself to play perfect because I do think that like when you are valuing yourself upon this, like, I am better. I am better than my opponent. You know, I am not doing this stupid build that my opponent is doing. You know, I am doing standard macro, or I am doing standard openers, or whatever it is. Like, that voice is really the one that's responsible for getting me to tilt off the face of the earth. Because that is the voice that is also saying, hey, you should never lose to this kind of stuff. Or like, hey, like this is a dumb strat and you should never be in this position or something like that, you know, like, because I do think that that is a lot of the uh, feelings that you get, you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm guilty of that. Like currently, honestly, because I, I have been seeing like weird stuff that Zergs do. And there is that voice. that's just like, you shouldn't be losing to that. That guy made a roach warren in a baneliness and only ever made Zerglings. Like, well, how did you lose to that? And it, it it does contribute a lot to being tilted because you think that because a build is stupid or because, you know, an opponent happened to catch you off guard when you weren't expecting it, then, I mean, it could be anything. You know, some people will turn to like, oh, it's the, it's the game, it's the balance of the game. That's what's wrong with this. Or, you know, like, oh, well, you know, opponent's dumb because they attacked at the wrong time their timing attack was late and i wasn't expecting it or you know that's not the correct tech but somehow they won and a lot of those voices can contribute to you like feeling worse and it's it's not it's not it's not really healthy it's not super productive 
And it's also something that's kind of hard to get over. Like it genuinely is. It's something that I still struggle with to this day, like trying to just get that voice to shut the hell up because at the end of the day, I'm responsible for most of like all of these losses, really. Like I might've gotten unlucky one game and you know, there's still stuff that I could be improving in that game so that I can not, not experience that misfortune again. Yeah. And, and, uh, I think that there's there's a lot to be said just like as a community. I think that because this is a community that values skill above everything else, right? If you are the more skilled player, you should always win, right? That is a statement that like pretty much everyone who plays StarCraft will believe to some degree. But then there's like the asterisk where it's like, unless they do like <laughs> this dumb strategy or unless they do this. And like, yeah, there is truth to that in certain builds and certain choices that people make. Um, but it's also kind of out of your control. And I think that that's something that I've definitely tried to be aware of. And it's it's tough, man. And, and you know, I also think that like a lot of these things I say about the strategies that I use and the strategies that I've kind of done it's like it's taken me some time to get to where i am to think about this this game in this way and, and you know even just like taking accountability for your own actions and decisions is a big part of it because your opponent is allowed to do all sorts of dumb shit and they will continue to do that right there but there is a certain amount of accountability that i feel to put upon myself to be like Okay, if he's doing this goofy thing, I'm going to make sure I do this, this, and this, right? Uh, because it is a kind of awareness thing, or it is a deliberate risk-reward thing. Uh, but it's a challenge, and uh, I think it'll always be a challenge. Yeah, I um, even if an opponent does something that most of the community would perceive as stupid, the onus is still on you to figure out how to beat that just because a build is dumb does not mean that it will not kill you look at people like Haas or Florencio who make some of the most the craziest stuff that we've ever seen on ladder or in tournaments before and people say like oh well they can't like they can't beat anybody and they actively do it's it's really just part of the game honestly like that that's a, that's another big thing. It's like it's just it's just going to be part of the game. This is something that you're going to experience over and over and over again. The onus is on you to figure it out. And uh, I, I guess this doesn't really help with the whole tilt thing. I'm, it, it's just going to happen, and it's something that you have to accept that it's going to happen. It's going to happen over and over. You're going to lose to dumb stuff, and you really just shouldn't let that voice in your head say like, "Hey, dummy, you shouldn't you shouldn't be losing to that stuff." It's just going to happen. You just have to, the, literally the best thing that you can do is go into the replay and say, what could I have done differently? Well, and I think, I think this also kind of connects to the tilt a lot too, because a lot of times people will be looking down upon these, you know, wacky builds or whatever. And I do that too, because I also know that like, yeah, if you 13, 12 every game, like you'll, you'll get pretty far. You won't be able to do anything else, but like you can, you can definitely kill really good players, you know, with that build. Um, but it's this kind of like looking down upon these, these types of builds, which I think just makes it 
uh, more embarrassing to lose to it. Uh, and, you know, that's that's something I feel a lot of the times when I lose to dumb shit on stream. I feel embarrassed. I feel like no one should have watched that game, let alone me play it. You know, like, <laughs> uh, and it's it's really just, uh, it's a pride thing, man. It, I'm prideful. I, I, I'd like to think of myself as a good player, you know, and uh, sometimes you still lose to dumb shit. And accepting that has actually helped me tilt a lot less frequently um and you know it's also experience and it takes time the the other thing i'll say is that there's a certain amount of uh i think you need to have a certain amount of respect for your opponent even if they're doing goofy shit because the goofy shit is still lethal in many circumstances and if you don't respect what they are doing uh you'll just lose you know like just just straight up lose you know and uh this is something that I've kind of realized about myself is I barely get tilted for cannon rushes anymore <laughs> just because like if it gets up it gets up and I'm just like well all right well played <laughs> like <laughs> you know like I don't I don't agonize over it and I think that that's something I used to do a lot where you get cannon rushed and you get contained on like a base and you can never take a natural and then your opponent literally has like 15 minutes to to make anything they want, you know, because you are so far behind, uh, it really doesn't matter, right? The rest of the game really doesn't matter. And uh, some people will just agonize themselves in these situations where they're kind of clawing, clawing for life. And me, I'm just like, oh, got up. All right, well, you got me. <laughs> and I just I just leave. So like cannon rushes, like I don't run into them all the time. But when I run into them and I lose to them, I'm just like, yeah, well, it happens. Yeah, I know that's that's something that Neuro has talked about at length is you know respecting your opponent and it kind of helps with your mentality on the ladder. Um, something that I've actually been trying recently to kind of counteract the tilt and learn to respect my opponents a little bit better is that they may be doing something that is perceived by the community as dumb, but their mechanics are good enough to make that dumb thing work because they are pl currently playing at your level and they have the capacity to beat you in a 1v1. So you have like you have to respect that. They may not be doing the the freshest meta builds that, you know, Serral has decided to grace us or they may not be doing the things that innovation taught us a few months ago. They are doing their own thing. And their mechanics are good enough to back it up, and you you know you have to respect that. It's uh, <laughs> it's uh, it, it, again. I think this is the other thing too that contributes a lot from the tilt is that it's it's very it's very difficult to separate yourself from the win loss, you know the the big W or the big L like it's because that's always the thing that we remember, and uh, this is this is one of the things I was thinking of the other day when I was losing couple games and it's like it's it's kind of like in volleyball you know where you get like a really good rally right like in the, and it's like super super close and like there's crazy plays on both sides but at the end of the day someone's still gonna spike the ball and win you know like and you can have some incredible rallies and forget about the entire rally just because of how it ended you know like it can just be that shocking and that decisive but it's a very, it's very much a challenge to be like, okay, well, you know what? I'm happy with the first 80% of this game. You know, like, it's really hard to do that. And it's only something I've been able to do 
in my experience, you know? Yeah. Um, one of the things that I learned, I think this actually came from the uh, archives book club, but um, they, they did uh, review one book where a psychologist actually studied the effects of wins and losses and people do feel wins like twice as much as they do wins. So it, it does have, you feel it twice as much essentially. And also people tend, it's like you said, people tend to just like remember what got them a win or what got them a loss and not really focus on the events that led up to that. And it is kind of hard to separate out, you know, I genuinely think that some, like you can, you can play a fantastic game and still lose. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Like that shouldn't be something that you feel negatively over. That should be considered a win in your book. And I, I don't think you should tilt over that. Like you should be able to look back at that replay. It's like I played pretty damn well, but opponent played a little bit better. Um, I may have a few things that I can work on and that's fine. Like that's that sometimes that just happens on the ladder. And there are also times where you could win big and, you know, look back and think like, wow, there are, there's a lot of mistakes that I made here. We have opportunities in the future to deal with that. And whenever I'm in a good, like I'm in a good state, thinking about those kind of things helps me or helps prevent me from tilting, like going back into a loss and just like, oh, that was actually still a pretty good game, even though I lost. Like I, there are a lot of things here that I am proud of. And, you know, maybe the very last move, it wasn't such a great idea. And that's what cost me the game. But I'm super happy with the macro up to that point. Yeah. So as you were talking, I remembered two games that I wanted to mention because I think it applies to this where like I had a ZVZ where I felt like I navigated the mid game, early game decisions wonderfully. At a certain point, I move commanded my army into his army and pretty much gave him, uh, you know, 40 supply for free. <laughs> and I was never able to recover from that. But it's hard to, to get there. To, to look at that as the whole thing. Because, again, I made great decisions in the Ling Bane phase. I made great decisions in the Roach phase. Uh, but I move commanded my entire army while I was, like, doing a Ling run-by or something like that. The run-by was great. <laughs> the run-by went pretty well. But uh, I lost my army. And I knew his army was on the map. Uh, but it's, it's tough, man. And... You know, those kind of mistakes to me are hilarious because it's so obvious that like it was on me, but it's just, uh, it's brutal, man. And, uh, it's, it's not, it wasn't on my list of like, I think this is how this game is going to play out, but it's how it played out. It's how it went. So I'm actually curious on that thought when that happened, how did you react in that moment? Uh, I thought it was pretty funny. <laughs> See, that's cause that's something that I've like. I don't know, I'm trying to get better about doing is like laughing at my mistakes because it does genuinely help with tilt. It does not, it doesn't work out like over 50% tilt for sure because once I'm over 50% tilt, like every mistake feels like a nightmare. But it, it helps prevent me from, you know, increasing my tilt, I should say. Like if I can just laugh at a stupid mistake that I make, then, you know, you, you tend to feel a little bit better even if you like go on to lose the match. It's just like, ah, I made, you know, wow, I made 110 SCVs. That's, yeah, shouldn't happen. Yeah, I think this is a common thing that I've seen other people do is that a lot of times people are, and I think this, this leads very 
uh, directly to getting tilted is if something bad happens in a game and you immediately blame your opponent for a weird decision or I can't believe he was over here or something. It's like, well, yeah, but like he was there, <laughs> you know, like and, and I think having that kind of extrinsic focus or even blame in some cases where where people are like, I can't believe that my opponent made this or did this. That's when I think it gets really hard to not fall into this kind of spiral of negativity because as soon as you start like blaming your opponent for the events that have transpired, I think it can be very difficult to get out of that. And for me, I am constantly looking at myself and that allows me to also just be like, yeah, that was dumb. <laughs> like, uh, just, yep, uh, yeah, you saw it and uh, I didn't want it to happen that way, but it did. And uh, it's sometimes you're just in bad situations and uh, sometimes it's your fault, sometimes it's not. But man, it it's exhausting. I will say that. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's also it's kind of hard to learn too. Um, I used to be a little bit guilty of blaming opponents for my dumb mistakes. Uh, way, 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 way more so than I am now. I'm I I feel like I've really backed off of that in like the recent year or so. It, it's it's one of those things that's kind of painful to learn as you're doing it. Just to like, for starters, just internalize your own mistakes and realize that you are a flawed ladder player and then learning to accept those mistakes and acknowledge that some of them are kind of stupid and funny but it's it's one of those things that if you can internalize that then you're going to feel much better going forward and you'll probably experience at least a little bit less tilt or you will tilt less quickly and it's it's such a good lesson to learn really yeah, and I think I think realizing that you and your opponent are on relatively even circumstances, right? Like, yeah, you could throw in balance or stuff, but like you really shouldn't, especially if you're like not masters. <laughs> like it's not worth your time. It's not worth your time to the the classic thing I always think of is like, man, I I could get out of gold league if it weren't for banelings. You know, like it's that it's that kind of sentiment that you see everywhere. You see it all the time. And I think that particular sentiment is so toxic to your mentality and your ability to be resilient. You know, StarCraft is a game where you have to be resilient in bad situations. You have to look at the situation and say, this is bad, but I can have a plan to get out of a bad situation, you know? And um, that just, that reminded me of the um, the uh, Gold Leaguer and Marmello stream. I, I still get a kick out of that every single time. <laughs> It's it like StarCraft 2 is a brutal game. It's it's rough. You have to think a lot. You have to perform a lot of actions in, you know, anywhere between a 5 minute to a an hour long match. Like it's it's it is exhausting and you have to learn to you know, be resilient with with those kind of things. Like you're going to come into some really bad situations, some really good situations and you just you you can't let it wear you down is the thing and you need to know when to just when to stop like if you like if you just got off an hour long game it might be time to like just you know take a quick walk or something like stretch your legs or kind of get the blood flowing or 
you know, get a glass of water or something. But yeah. Yeah. I think the the other thing I'll say too that I think is very important is that like I feel very comfortable in my ability to avoid the tilt, but I am never immune. It's always there. The the possibility for me getting tilted is always there, right? And it might take a certain culmination of factors kind of coming together, whether it's my own physical state or mental state going into it, or just the games that I play. Like I got thirteen twelve like twice in a in 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 one day, like almost back to back, and I was just like I was I was not happy about it, and it it'll happen, and uh. I think even even if I have a lot of tools to deal with it and a lot of ways to kind of uh, spin the games in a way that is positive and meaningful, because I do think that you sh- you can you can find a way to do that. Uh, at the end of the day, I also know that like some days I'm the tilt is gonna win. You know, the tilt is gonna get there and it's gonna beat me. And uh, the best I can do is is learn to uh, adapt to that and and accept it to a certain degree. You know. Yeah, I, I will say that I'm definitely easier to tilt than you are. Um, and it's, it's you know, it's still a learning experience for me. Like, I, I don't want to sit here and sound like I know everything about tilt. I really, I really don't. And I still struggle with it to this day. You will catch some streams where I'm just like, I can't believe this. This is such, this is such crap. I, you know, it, it's something that you, you do have to continue to work at and you probably will continue to work at it for a while. I know that I've become less tilted, you know, over the past couple of months because I'm like actively trying to work on it and trying to be better about it and respecting my opponents and realizing that I'm not a perfect ladder player. It's like, it's hard. It's, it's really hard. Yeah. Well, and you know, at the end of the day, what, what we're really talking about here is, is having an emotional awareness, right? Having an ability to look within yourself and say, why am I feeling this about this situation? Or like, why, <laughs> why does this feel so bad, this game that I enjoy? You know, because it, it's, it's really just looking at yourself, processing your emotions, processing the situations that you're, that you're exposed to, and, and learning how to deal with it. And that's also a skill for life, you know, like it's also a skill for everyday interactions with people. This is this is the other game I wanted to mention before before I forget it. But I played a Zerg on Beckett who played the most tilting style I have ever seen in my life. Oh, my God. I remember this. It's he he basically uh, made Spore Forest and Lurker and that's it (laughs) that's the whole strategy sorry i don't have anything um and it is the most frustrating thing because uh well you know i don't see it too often i it's not my first time i've seen it but uh you can engage it your detection will always die because the spores will kill it instantaneously so even if there's only like two lurkers and again i was up like 40 supply (laughs) you know like i had a big hefty army and i think i had a decent early game that actually got me a little ahead too but but once he got six spores and six lurkers i there's literally nothing i can do until i get a hive or or something else like that it's one of these things where that particular situation is in itself very tilting because it is it is so one-dimensional and so aggravating to play against and uh, man, it was not a fun game to play. <laughs> yeah, it's actually a really good point that you bring up is that just like some matches are just tilting. I know that 
there's a there's probably a clip floating around of me right now of um me playing against the Mass Raven Widowmine player where I I wasn't sure what they were doing so I scanned their natural and I scanned their main. The natural had a planetary fortress and when I looked in their main they had two starports with reactors, one researching and I'd already seen a raven and uh, there's an audible sigh and eye roll. And you know, stuff like that it can't be irritating just because it's hard to engage. You can't, it's hard to kill stuff and you don't, it doesn't feel like you're getting appreciable damage done. So you start to get frustrated. You start to get tilted. Like why would Blizzard, you know, why would Blizzard implement such a, such a game? How could this happen? This is broken beyond all belief. And, you know, you start to kind of fall down that, like that shitty rabbit hole of negativity. You really just have to kind of back up and think it's a style. There's counterplay or like even, even better, it's just like I, I'm 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 not feeling too too great tonight. I'm feeling a little tilted. I I just kind of don't want to play this. I don't I don't want to play it tonight. I I feel like I could have more fun and learn more things by playing other ladder games. And, and I think I think that is a really important junction in the game and also in the mentality, right? Because when I go to my opponent's base and I see eight spores and lurker cocoons. I I already know I can't win it there. You know, I wanted to win it there. I took a really bad fight trying to win it there. But I think it's it's also you can look at that situation as it's developing. You can see the spore crawlers there, you can see the lurkers there, and you can immediately go, This guy sucks. I hate this guy for doing this. He's a trash player. You know? And if you go there, good luck. Good luck. Good luck having any mentality left for the game because you you will not be able to do it. But if you get there and you look at the spores and the lurkers and you go okay well how do we deal with this well we're gonna be greedy we're gonna take the map you know if if you can look at that junction i think that is a huge point in the game where you have to make a decision on how you're going to uh not only like strategically approach it but mentally approach it because if you and again i see people who do this where they're like this guy sucks and it's like he he he's made some choices like don't get me wrong <laughs> that the choices are there you know but to say that he's a terrible player and or person come on buddy you're you're just setting yourself up to be more tilted you know especially if things don't go your way in the remaining part of the game and i think that that is the thing that i ultimately try to avoid because as soon as you start shit talking your opponent you're just going to make it worse when you may lose you know and uh and you you don't make it better when you win honestly oh, yeah. it's no better yeah because then you win and you're like oh i won like i'm supposed to and it's like you feel you feel you don't feel the same gratification you know and um i think that that is such a pivotal moment but it's also a situation that your opponent will make can make choices early on that will extend the game you know 10 minutes and you have to live with that you know or you can just leave. I mean, that's fine too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like you won't. I mean, unless you're like a, a you know top ten grandmaster, you're probably not going to lose that much MMR. And it's, MMR you can probably gain back in two games tops. Yeah, it's it does take a bit of like mental and emotional maturity to realize like either you just don't want to play the game out or just like kind of reset your gears and think, okay, I can't play the way I want. 
So how am I going to play? Yeah. Well, I think this is something too that uh, happens a lot in competition and also in ladder games, but uh, just saying this is the situation we are in, what is the plan within it? Uh, because again, I think people sometimes have this exaggerated expectation that because they are skilled, they will always be in good situations, but that is never true. And some of the best games of StarCraft that like I've watched are people clawing their way out of bad situations. And having that resiliency as a player is a trait that really needs to be valued. And it's not one that uh, allows you to talk shit on your opponent or call them bad because they made battle cruisers or something. You know, like. Or say they have better tools. Yeah. I mean you know like you can you can have these feelings but at the end of the day the result of the game is the result of the game and you still do have tools available at your disposal you know yeah absolutely it's a it's a, re that's a really good point you make uh do you have any other thoughts or feelings on dealing with tilt or anything of the sort um i mean yeah it's it's always hard you know and that's I think that's the one thing I think is is important and yeah you're gonna play some games where you might lose to a meme build you know and and it sucks it feels bad especially when you know how bad of a build it is or if like someone's doing really goofy like ultra drop shit on you or something like uh it's one of the things that whenever I'm like an MMR mismatch I try to kill my opponent as quickly and efficiently as possible just because like I don't want to. I don't want to style on somebody who's like not equipped to deal with it. I don't think that that's good sportsmanship. I think it's it's more sporting to just be like, yeah, I'm just gonna kill you like a like you're a normal like you're a normal player. I don't know why that was in here, but like I've seen it and I've felt it too when like you get dunked on by like a meme build. That is the most tilting thing, uh, and so I try to actively not do that sort of thing. But it's it's a challenge. And, uh, you know, some days are going to be good. Some days are going to be bad for the tilt. But, again, it's really about the consistency. And it's it's really about just, just developing the tools that work for you, you know? Oh, I did have one more thing I did want to say. Learn to not beat yourself up. Don't, like, don't be like me and, like, beat yourself up for losing a stupid match. Like, like seriously, you're going to make mistakes. It's okay. We all make mistakes. Cyril makes mistakes. Clem makes mistakes. Rainer makes mistakes. They all make mistakes. It's fine. I promise you it's fine. You will win ladder matches. Like, you will lose ladder matches off of mistakes. You'll win ladder matches off of your opponent's mistakes. Like, it's okay. Just just to add on Cyril, I love Cyril's post-game interviews where he was like, yeah, the attack was a little sloppy. Uh, I don't think I pulled it off very well. And we're like, Cyril, you lost like two roaches. How did you think? He's like, no, no, it was it was bad. But like that's 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 a champion. That's a champion critiquing himself, you know, and still not seeing things to way the way an outside viewer would be uh it cracks me up every time because he's never happy with his performance but he's also a competitor and he also like he doesn't you know even if he's facing really wacky players he also knows that like he just needs to do a couple things and, and he'll be okay and he might not be happy with how he gets through it but he might he'll still probably get through it and uh oh, it cracks me up every time yeah like learn to critique yourself appropriately it, for every wrong thing that you find, find a good thing. 
be happy like just be happy with it help it helps a lot with tilt i swear it's something that i've been trying to do recently it's just finding good things that i do because i know i know i beat myself up a lot whenever it comes to playing starcraft ladder and it does not help with tilt at all yeah and, and again there's there's also this you have to just be aware of of the accountability versus the i'm just tearing myself a new one because i do think there is a balance there and I think a lot of the things I've said have been about how I put the accountability on myself, but you can definitely overdo that. And I've overdone that to myself before too. Uh, and again, it's just this kind of negativity that breeds more negativity. And I think complimenting yourself and also complimenting your opponent, even if you really, really don't want to, you got to understand that your opponent is trying to win the game just as much as you are. You know, I know it feels like the mech player who's sitting behind his base behind 18 tanks isn't trying that hard, but like they're trying to win, you know, like they're, they're, they're out there. And, and even the, the, the low light game of mine, I was impressed with uh, my opponent's vision. He had really good vision. Even if it was just one mine, like poking out further, I was astounded because I could never jump on him. I could never catch anything unseaged. And you know, it's, it's something worth commending. It's not fun to play against. Like it's not enjoyable experience, but they're trying. They're trying their heart out too, you know. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll go ahead and say something about my highlight or my low light too. Is that my opponent was very good about maneuvering their void rays around. They were constantly jumping up and down cliffs, like they were constantly moving into the the void that's behind the base. Like they did really well in you know making sure that I never killed those void rays, and that's very like a very valid skill to have. And also just being able to come like poke in, do a little bit of damage. Like, yeah, you're, you're getting my goat. Like you're doing a good job with doing that. Like, yeah, opponent did a really good thing. I don't know. I'll, I'll continue to try my best, but no guarantees. And uh, we'll still probably get tilted here and there. And it's, I mean, it's inevitable. It's hard to like completely cut tilt out of your life because, you know, all sorts of things are going to happen. But the best we can do is try to limited as much as possible and continue using the methods that we use to make it happen all right so with that we'll go ahead and conclude for tonight dan do you have anything going on uh not particularly i'm uh i'm traveling for a little bit so i'm not streaming uh for probably close to a week or so but other than that we'll be back to business as usual and uh you know i'm still trying to get some youtube stuff out I i've stalled out a little bit but we're uh we're going to get back on track. I really do like doing a lot of the edited stuff where uh, I get to basically tell a story uh, either about a game or about a situation or an approach. And, um, you know, it's it's what I really enjoy putting out there. And it's a lot of work to make those, but I enjoy making them and uh, I enjoy the finished product. So hopefully I'll get to do more of that. Yeah, definitely follow that link tree link that I put in chat. Uh, you can definitely tide yourself uh, over with some Captain Hapa content by going to his YouTube. I highly, highly, highly recommend it. It's fantastic content. Uh, as for me, I'll be here. I'll be here streaming. You can follow any of those links there. I do have a Twitter. The uh, climb will be going on my, to my YouTube channel. Um, yeah, I, I'll just be streaming. I'll be continuing to uh, stream a lot of StarCraft 2. I'm trying to get back into better shape when it comes to uh, the diamond ladder. Uh, as for the climb, we are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, 
and as I said before, the VOD will be going up on YouTube. You can find us basically anywhere where you listen to podcasts, which is fantastic. Uh, anything else before we go, Dan? No, I uh, I always enjoy having these talks with you. Thanks for having me. Uh, and uh, I look forward to the next one. Yeah, it's fantastic to talk to you, man. So with that, we're going to go ahead and call it a night. Thank you guys so much for hanging out. I do greatly, greatly appreciate it. Good luck, have fun out there, and we got, we'll see you on the ladder.